0: you need to use the privy, do it now. It's going to be a long ride. Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to our latest spoiler special episode dedicated to The Mandalorian. And this one will see us happily munch on the eggs of the Jon Favreau-penned, Peyton Reed-directed second episode of the show's second season, aka Chapter 10, aka The Passenger. It's basically a remake Of the Antonioni classic, only with more ice spiders, frog lady nudity, and Richard Iowadi voiceover. And joining me to discuss the episode in all its chilly glory is a Veritable Idiots Array. Geek Queen. Helen O'Hara. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. I've just about recovered from the ice spiders.
0: Yes indeed, oh my god. Nightmare fuel. Speaking of nightmare fuel, Mm. nerd twat James Dyer is also here. (laughs) I, I must
2: insist that we reinstate my old title. I'm resenting this nonsense. It was far too respectful. But hello. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Like maybe he could be the nerd bishop. You know, I think it's important. Hang he's on. a rank lower than the I was an queen. emperor. I know, but you that were a never self rang declared
2: true. Emperor. That's right. It didn't
0: you know, that seems to be all the rage in politics these days? It left. Yes, it's true. Well, <laughs> you've you've gone you've gone the way of the dodo, just like your your fella. Um, <laughs> What's his name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, and last Thanos. but not least, of course, on the podcast, we have Baby Yoda apologist Ben Travis, whose unquestioning, unwavering support of Baby Yoda must surely be wavering a little bit now that we know the little green guy is a genocidal maniac. <laughs> Hello, Ben.
3: <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm not a genocidal maniac. That's only you're Baby You're not, Yoda. and you're not a little green guy. That
1: we know of.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a tr- it's, Well, in some ways it's been a difficult day Because I've had to confront some <laughs> Awkward home <laughs> truths about about my boy At the same time, it's been Probably the best day in the world In that I did today receive A Baby Yoda plush And that's not oh. the only bit of Baby Yoda related post That I got today uh, Because really? I, I, I hate to be um, So ridiculously on brand But I bought a pair of Baby Yoda trainers And they have arrived today And they are truly glorious how did you manage to get those they sold out super quick and then i spent about two days (laughs) refreshing the website refreshing the app until they popped back up in stock and i i hopped on it straight away i put out a galactic bounty mando was on the case and he swooped in and (laughs) got them for me this is amazing so fantastic they're just out of shot but they are they're sort of Baby Yoda coloured and they have a little tiny Baby Yoda on the front he's there on the Aww. insole as well so I'm Aww. technically standing on his face while I'm wearing them
1: Aww. you monster uh, nice
0: just in time for Baby Yoda to be cancelled
3: sorry <laughs> <All right>, Ben <laughs> he's kind of brought it on himself this week
0: <laughs> we're having a Baby Yoda cancellation party later on, <laughs> on over on Twitter join us everybody use the hashtag that, that greedy motherfucker we'll get to that we will get to that and the implications of that and all sorts of stuff uh, later in the episode anyway to the recap, because I'm going to do recaps again. Uh, so in this episode, there is no Timothy Oliphant at all. A minute's silence, oh. if you will. <sighs> Just thinking about his hair, really. Mm. What about you, Helen? Yeah, sure. And a smile. His hair and a smile, face General face. General face. The talks?
1: I mean, no. Mm, not, okay. like, specifically. All right. But you do you, Chris. You know, I respect that.
0: Anyway, despite that, despite the absence of Cobb fanth, it is a good episode, I'm saying. I really liked this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mando and Baby Yoda are ambushed whilst racing along on Tatooine on the speeder bike. They make it back to Mos Eisley, where Peli Motto introduces Mando to a frog lady, whose name on the subtitles of the Disney Plus episode as I watched it for a second time today is... Frog Lady. Frog lady. <laughs> <laughs> she wants passage on the razor Crest to a nearby planet where she will raise her spawn with her husband. In exchange, she will tell Mando where some of his fellow Mandalorians are hiding out, the lazy bastard. But... Trouble looms, pursued by X-Wings. Mando crash lands on Not Hoth, an icy planet. <laughs> if that weren't already enough, Baby Yoda is hell-bent on eating all the Frog Lady's kids. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, anything he can get his hands on, but he soon learns a valuable lesson: never eat an ice spider's brood. And the episode ends with a very nearly destroyed Razor Crest limping through space, and Mando furiously calling the AA. That's the. Automobile Assistance People, not Alcoholics Anonymous. Although the way this episode's going, hey. you never know. Uh, anyway, that's the recap over. And guys, I think one day I may get tired of this show's formula
3: and its rinse and repeat approach, but this is not that day. I had a blast with this episode. It was really fun. It reminded me quite a lot of episode two of the first series in that it was, it was short, it was action-packed, it didn't really move the overall plot along, but it was a really mm. fun sort of 35 odd minutes of, of just big blockbustery adventure. Obviously, the second episode of the first series was the. Um the one with the with the sand crawler, with the set piece crawling up the side of the sand crawler and all the Jawas. And this time it was just Mando and Baby Yoda versus a load of spiders and trying to stop Baby Yoda from eating all the eggs. Like, that was it. But it was great. I was happy to watch that for, for just over half an hour. I've also been watching, I've watched both of the episodes of this series so far in the morning. With a big bowl of chocolatey cereal. And I think that is how they are designed to be enjoyed. <laughs> they feel like very much like to be watched with your morning cereal. With cereal, cereal. yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just a really fun way to start a Friday.
1: I would agree with that. I think it's it's fun at nine again to have an episode that goes nowhere and adds nothing. Um, but as long as you're, you know, actually interesting along the way. I do have some questions. Like, so the frog lady said she has to get to a frog man by an equinox but when Mm. we're talking multiple planets (laughs) what the fuck does an equinox mean like what like where is that coming from if there's only one planet that can support her and her husband and her husband's off there already homesteading or something while she i don't know does the space shopping like or you know does the space executive management i don't want to stereotype her but oh like what equinox is 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 the one we're talking about
0: Maybe she means lockdown. Maybe she's just desperate. She's got some blue roll. She's got some tinned goods and her baby eggs. And she's trying desperately to get back before Big Sainsbury shuts on this planet. Maybe
1: equinox means baby Yoda. She needs to get her eggs fertilized before baby Yoda eats them all.
0: Jimbo, what did you think of this episode?
2: I enjoyed it a lot. As I was saying last week, um, this, this is where I think the Mandalorian shines. I think just, you know, spending time with these characters, doing something that does not involve giving your baby out of bat to his people and just, you know, having fun with it. And this isn't even, you know, it's not what I'd call massively reveling in in, in Star Wars lore. Admittedly, we have X-Wing pilots in there, including the excellent Trapper Wolf, but more on that later. <laughs> you know it's just fun it's a romp it's an adventure baby yoda is incredibly cute there are just there are delightful delightful baby yoda moments in this Like the little the little baby noises he makes when he's running to the little sort of cooing sounds which i think stepped up a notch in this one it was funny it was kind of heartwarming it had excitement who doesn't love giant you know carnivorous ice spiders i do not helen does not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think, and I think we will have, I think next week we are likely to see a, you know, tomorrow Morrison turn out. I think something will happen next week because I think the format of this means you can you can have a couple of like fun episodes, but I think we probably need
3: something that feels a little bit more meaty and seismic to happen. But that said, I thought it was great. Loved it. Mm. I mean, if it is following that sort of formula from the first series, it was episode three where that plot really started mm. to kick in, wasn't it? It was episode three when he took Baby Yoda, when he betrayed Werner Herzog, and uh, when it all started to kick off. So um, I wonder if it is still following very much that pattern from from the first series. Chris is waving mm. his uh, Werner, Werner Herzog Funko Pop that he picked up just before lockdown. It was his emergency supply.
0: Forbidden planet had a discount sale on the client Funko Pop, just five pounds. Did it come with a free libation? Mm. Libation not included. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so much, mm. so much fun. Uh, listen, I think I finally hit upon what this show is. This show is Jack Reacher in Space. And I am totally and utterly okay with that. Mm. And I couldn't give a space tinker's cuss if the grand overall narrative isn't advanced that much in episodes. Basically Mando turns up, he goes into a different planet or a different town every week. He beats something up, usually a monster, and then he leaves. That's Jack Reacher. That's Jack Reacher in space. And I think this is a great template for what the Jack Reacher show is going to be on Amazon Prime Video whenever they get around to that. You know because the temptation, I've said this before, the temptation in a TV show when you have a loner hero is to surround him with a a coterie of wisecracking assistants and sidekicks and the tech guy and the, the wackadoodle people and all that sort of stuff and you don't need to do that and this show shows that you don't need to do that, that you can focus on a character whose face you can't even see and is compelling enough to hold your attention and they don't cut away from him at any point And that's what Reacher should be. So there you go. I can crowbar Jack Reacher into any conversation. Challenge accepted.
1: Now, if we can just get Endgame in as well, we'll be on brand. <laughs>
2: well, on. I mean, to be fair, this is directed by Peyton Reed and does feature an Ant-Man. So it is MCU it adjacent.
1: Does, yeah. <laughs> yeah it really does. Dr. Mandible did feel like a very much like a reference to that also the name Dr Mandible. Like... I
3: loved the name Dr. Mandible. I also loved that I think we brought this up um last time as well that in the last series that sometimes the aliens are just like it's just a creature like in mm-hmm. in um the original Star Wars, you've got that guy in the cantina who he's literally just like a wolf, he's like a werewolf costume, and this one you said. It's an ant, and she's a frog.
1: <laughs> she's cute. I liked her, though. I thought her design was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. nice. Yeah, she was, she was great. nice
0: uh, Also, you know, does anyone else want to speak frog, like Pelimoto? <laughs> I think we should just do the rest of the episode.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, Pelimoto, with her commitment to bringing back the mullet and bringing away the eyebrow, is. Um, she's wow. growing on me as a character a lot.
0: If she's this season's quill, then she's going to be killed horribly uh, towards the, the end of the season. So, you know, the funny character who helps Mando. Although, isn't it a bit convenient? I mean, Mando does not have to do a lot of hard work here to get information. He just shows up on Tatooine last week, bumps into Pelimoto, She and He goes, do you know any Mandalorians? She goes, yeah, I do, actually. There's one out there by Mos, Mos Pelgo. And he goes, all oh, right, I'll check it out. Then he comes back and he goes, ah, oh, dead end, dead end. And know any Mandalorians? And she goes, well.
1: <laughs> well, no, hang on. Actually... Last time he had to go beat a bunch of dudes up and tie a guy up by his ankles to get the Mandalorian information. She only directed him to the right town.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: And this time she had he had to basically bribe her to bribe Ant-Man to give her <laughs> the lead to Frog Lady who will get her, him in touch with Frog Man who yes. will presumably maybe have the information. So it's a little more colluded.
0: Yeah, okay, fair enough. But he just walks into the cantina and she basically goes, oh, I couldn't find any Mandalorians. And then Ant-Man is going, oh, actually, I, I know shitloads of Mandalorians. Oh, you should have asked me. So it just seems a little convenient.
1: Do you think there's a, a little um, plaque in that booth, like a memorial? Is that the Greedo? booth? That's the booth. I mean, I think it's the booth. Isn't it the booth? It looked like the booth.
0: The booth that the city in, is it the booth that Han shoots Greedo second in?
1: It certainly looked like it to me, and that's what I've read also online as other people saying. They okay. may be wrong. I may be wrong, but yeah,
3: well, if online says it, that's good enough for me. I always thought that the the Han and Greedo booth was the one furthest at the back. So you got the you got the long thin bar. Well, that's the and Han, you've Han got and a couple booths of those
2: booth. Yeah, the, that is in the corner. But the obviously the Chewy and Han booth is right the one in the middle.
3: So ha- Han sat in all of them at yeah, some point. He has. He, he's in that bar a lot. Mm. I imagine he's like Norm in Cheers. <laughs> He (laughs) He walks in, Han!
0: (laughs) Where everybody knows your name and nobody else likes you either. (laughs) (laughs) What if Dr. Everson was basically their version of Cliff and he's just a local postman and he's just a really, really lovely barfly and Obi-Wan's just killed him for no reason? I mean, that would be, be terrible.
1: I mean that that whole bar must be just covered in little memorial plaques in my <laughs> head now. Like that's just what I've got. You just like you know in memoriam greeting like just everywhere. It's like delightful. the destinations
0: on the front of a bus. They just have a lever <laughs> and they just they just pull it round, change it depending yeah. on who's sitting there. Yes. So let's talk about the cold open of this episode, or should I say hot open because yeah, he- it starts on Tatooine. And uh, Mando and the child—they're flying along. Their wind is in their helmets, and they're loving life on that
3: speeder bike. Who are those dickheads who take them out? What is their deal? Those absolute bastards. The opening five minutes of this episode was a complete emotional roller coaster. Huh. Somebody <laughs> literally had Baby Yoda at knife I point. Know. They had a knife at his throat. <laughs> what the hell? It was all yeah. It was stressful.
0: You must have started off going, oh, wow, look at this. Or they're loving the sensation look of speed. They feel the need, the need for space speed. And then you have that close-up of little Baby Yoda going, hee-hee, this is the best thing ever. And then you go, oh, my God, they're going- there's a trap. There's a trap. Baby Yoda's going to die. And I, I was genuinely worried that something might happen to him because, you know.
1: Is that because Ben had said it was really emotional?
0: <laughs> yeah. I did send a message on our WhatsApp group like, oh,
1: this is really stressful.
0: <laughs> I think I'd seen it by that point. I think i had seen that that bit by that point. <laughs> and but uh, and it's just like you know, you know, even baby Yoda. Like you know, I know the children. You can drop children, can't you? And they'll be fine. That's
1: y- no, my understanding. No. It's, not, right? it's not encouraged, Chris. <laughs> no, it's not. so no. but it's fine. I feel it- like <laughs> like you can drop. I feel it's them. really important to mention this before you go back and visit your family again. Like you really shouldn't drop babies.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen my my newborn baby great nephew yet. But my understanding is you can punt him quite a distance, and it's, and it's totally I, fine.
1: Just again, as, as your lawyer, Chris, it's not recommended.
0: Not recommended. No. But not no. out of the question.
1: No, no but okay. it is, it is, All right. out, of it is out of the question.
0: So, anyway, so Baby Yoda, maybe he just drops and rolls. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's totally fine. But I was worried about him because I thought he's going to be catapulted in the distance at 100 miles an hour, but uh, totally fine.
3: This is what I was saying last week. Mando is very willy nilly with Baby Yoda. He just he just puts him in pardon? a bag and just slings him on the back of the bike. It's like get it like a child seat. Get strapped onto <laughs> you. Yep. Get some kind of papoose situation. <laughs> get a, a helmet. A helmet. Little poose. Baby Yoda helmet. Oh god! <gasps> can you flip in imagine? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, it would, it would have to have little ear slots and. <laughs> <laughs> Little ear Sorry.
4: slots.
0: Disney are listening to this, right? The Disney marketing team listen to it. They get all our best ideas from us. Religiously, so, yeah. Yeah. So I expect to see this in shops by Christmas.
3: I mean, somebody tweeted, I think it was maybe both Helen and I earlier on in the week. Oh no, it was myself and uh, Clarice Lockery. We were tweeting about Baby Yoda as, as, as I'll want. And um, somebody pointed out something that I thought, oh wow, that's actually quite interesting. What if the whole title of the show, The Mandalorian actually refers to baby yoda and it's about mando inducting him as a foundling he's going to try and take mm. him home but he's not going to find a home so he's going to induct him as a foundling and he is going to be a mandalorian what? i'm yeah. super okay with but that it'd be like 300 years before he can kind of fucking lift a gun <laughs> But that means we get many, many, many seasons of this show, which we agreed last week we're all extremely happy That's with. True. Well
0: we're we're just keeping John Favreau alive in some sort of I'm you know, some sort of drip when he's 150 years old. No, Favreau! I, I I want to die. Please kill me. No, you must make another season of The Mandalorian. The helmet alone would kill Baby Yoda right now. It would crush him. It would crush him to bits. So let's oh. let's maybe not go down those.
1: He has, he could use the force. It'd be fine.
0: He could use the force, but here he hasn't used the force in a long mm, time. He hasn't. Maybe mm. he exerted himself with his um, exertions at the end of season one. So he doesn't use the force here mm. when they're surrounded by ice spiders. Didn't use this, the the uh, the force in the crates dragon. Doesn't use the force. He's just, maybe he's forgotten.
3: He is it's slacking possible. a bit. They also sort of teased <laughs> yes. that with the um, with the sort of previously on the Mandalorian thing. They showed him doing forcey things so i was expecting a bit of baby Mm. yoda force usage this time around maybe they're saving that towards the end of the series again it seems to be something they build towards in big dramatic moments but if it doesn't get more dramatic than the crate dragon and all the ice spiders and all of that then i mean those would be good times to use your little force powers do the magic hand thing
0: absolutely do the magic hand thing (laughs) yes ben (laughs) Uh, also, there is, uh, there is a slight nod to his force sensitivity in this episode when he, before we know that he's eating the eggs, he goes towards the, the jar of eggs, the lovely, delicious pickled eggs, and he puts his hand on them and they seem to move towards him as if they can sense his forceness forcefulness is that a word no because i thought oh he's going to eat the eggs when he starts looking at the uh, at the jar i thought oh he's a, he's a hungry little fella you know as as we see as we saw in the first season as we see here in another funko pop i have it's the one of baby yoda with the frog in his mouth cuz he can't help himself can he he's just mm. a hungry little fella and he's got a lot of growing to do he's got to, he's got to put another 3 or 4 inches on before he's fully grown so he's he's always snacking he's like Brad Pitt in a movie he's always mm. snacking the resemblance stops there, but, but
4: otherwise
0: he's like, he's like Brad Pitt. Um, but that doesn't impress me much. What does impress me much is his, his prodigious appetite. And I thought, mm. he's going to eat these eggs. But then when they started reacting to him, I thought, oh, there might be something mystical going on here. What, what did you guys think?
1: Yeah, I had a moment of hoping for that and um, I actually didn't see the egg eating coming because I assumed that he would be better than that. I had just seen him like slavering over the meat as it was cooking, so I knew he was hungry. But yeah, I, I I didn't see his his egg habits uh, from afar.
3: I was worried when he was eyeing them up. And then when he went over and just put his hand on the glass, I thought, oh no, he's just he's just intrigued. He just wants to know what's going on with all these floaty eggs. And then he started popping them in his mouth. Mm. And then there were so many he didn't stop at one. It was like me with a big tube of Pringles. They're suddenly all gone and you don't know what's happened.
1: But once you pop, the you thing know. with
3: that moment though, is it's not like this was like a bit of
1: like
2: a a bit of a giggle, all oh, it's a funny thing. It's, it's actually really traumatic. It's like you're eat this woman's yeah. this spawn had final eggs and fucking baby odors knotting on them like monster munch you're like you fucking little monster
3: <laughs> mm-hmm yes yeah, she, yep. she had made a big deal about the, the sheer lengths that she was having to go to to try and propagate <laughs> her entire yes. species
1: <laughs> mm. i think she said line so i yeah, want it's, it's to make line, i think it's it? their yeah, plan it's, the family it's line yeah. oh that's fine so. then let him
3: have the eggs come on yeah He's wow I just wow. I just yeah.
2: I, I I was thinking, I was watching it, I was thinking, I don't think this is as cute or funny as you think it is. Like it's <laughs> actually quite horrible.
1: But this is and it's interesting, isn't it, about how they portray baby Yoda and, and it's kind of this theory of children being innocent in the sense of being absolutely balanced between dark and light. You mm-hmm. know, and which I don't actually think is true because there is, you know, humans are born with most humans, anyway, maybe not Trump, are born with um, <laughs> the, the capacity for empathy and the capacity for compassion, basically. And and, and so that's not just there is goodness learned. in him. I have felt it indeed. But I think they are they're very much trading a path here, where Baby Yoda is absolutely balanced between sort of good and evil. We've seen him use Sith powers as well as kind of just traditional Force powers, and so there there seems to be a sort of he yes. could go either way. So it is a little bit, I think, of a struggle for his soul as well as everything else. But also, Yoda was pretty earthy. I mean, he was not a vegan. So, <laughs> I, you know, true. And no disrespect to vegans, please don't at me. But he, I think he wasn't, you know, that concerned. I think he saw life in everything and therefore didn't discriminate in what he ate. So maybe maybe I'm reading too much into yeah. it. Huh.
0: Well, listen, I, I I have a theory as well. Ben has a, a big theory about what the title of the show is going to be. Uh, I talked about this last year. Well, last year? Was it this year? Christ, how long have we been in lockdown? What year is it? Who's the president? Uh, Genuine (laughs) (laughs) questions right now, which hopefully we'll have answered by the time that you're hearing this on Monday. But right now it is Friday, it is 5.42. And what year is it? Who's the president? Are valid questions. Anyway, (laughs) so I was looking at this episode and I think we project a lot onto Baby Yoda because he's so gosh darn cute Mm. and he looks like Yoda, who is the ultimate force for goodness in the Star Wars universe. And because of that, we assume he's going to be good. But every now and again, he'll get a temper on or he'll eat an innocent species um, or be <laughs> genocidal. I'm beginning to wonder if the ultimate big bad in the show isn't Moff Gideon or Boba Fett or whomever. It is right under the Mando's nose and it's Baby Yoda himself. There is a twist. How's about that? He's Kai's kind
3: of associating wow. the shit out of this all along as they say on the internet thanks i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want any part of that <laughs>
0: i have i have received your theory and i have returned it immediately
3: <laughs> I, I think it's i think it's something uh, trying to sort of draw out the the light in the dark of ray it's another thing with the little baby yoda and trying to they can't make him evil that would be that would be absolutely insane
1: oh wow So you're just judging by appearances now? So something that looks good must be good? Oh, so shallow. Yes,
3: Wow. basically that. I mean, when when has Star Wars ever had particularly complicated morality?
1: Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I do think there's something here about neutrality because you you see that in uh, Mando's conversation with the X-Wing fighters. You know, he's very much trying to walk the line and just stay out of this whole good versus evil shit. Uh, You know... He, and you see that then in their response to him a little bit at the end when they're like, okay, well, we, we now know having actually done our reading that you're not just wanted for breaking one person out. You're also due a reward for bringing three people in and for trying to save one of ours. So we're kind of going to cut you half of a break here. We will get rid of the giant spiders. We will not, however, fix your ship. Um, and there's kind of a Yeah, there's a studied neutrality in him that is a a refusal to take sides that goes beyond what Han did, who's the only other character in Star Wars we've ever really seen try and sit the whole thing out.
0: Yeah. What about Benicio Del Toro's character? You know, we all remember his name in The Last Jedi.
2: (laughs) DJ! Last night, DJ saved my life. (laughs) Good Lord. And
3: then he immediately sold me out to the First Order and now I'm absolutely screwed. (laughs)
1: yeah that's fair that's fair he also tried to sit it out it didn't you know go so well for everybody as a result it's one thing
3: saying i'm going to be pretty neutral here in a time of actual war and another thing to be like do you know what i'm going to be kind of neutral and do my own thing in slightly more peaceful times obviously the sense we're getting is that only five years after the fall of the empire things things still aren't great things could be better Mm -hmm. things could be more peaceful but it is not middle of a, a, a period of war it's maybe a time when it is a bit more acceptable to to just kind of be like do you know what i'm just going to do my own thing
0: these are all very valid points but what do you make of the very very last shot of the show of the episode not the show i mean i haven't got a crystal ball or anything um but the last shot of the episode which is equivalent of that classic simpsons episode where homer says to marge marge my friend i haven't learned a thing and you think that baby Yoda has learned from his experience and he has realized what these eggs mean to frog lady and you know, maybe they even she's she's clutching the jar a little bit more protectively because she knows he's eaten the shit out of her babies for one thing but maybe they've also bonded in this this you know the crucible of their experience together and then he just turns around and pops another one into his mouth <laughs> what's going on there
3: look in in baby Yoda's defense she she popped out a bunch more eggs on the ice planet so I think they made a bigger deal of the fact that like, oh, she's only has, she's got this jar of eggs and she needs to keep them safe. I don't think she was laying more eggs. I think she was taking them was for she... a swim. Yeah. Oh. She'd taken them out yeah, she, and she was them...
2: just swishing around with them in the bath.
3: It did look a lot yeah. like the shape of water where uh, they line yeah. up all the eggs <laughs> along the side of the circular pool. <laughs> Had a real, real vibe of that going on. Also, it reminded me of um, I, I, if anyone was on Twitter uh, in the summer in the great day of the Morrison's big sack of wet um. eggs. Mm. That was a very exciting day on Twitter in the middle of lockdown. Um, it really was. It was basically the Mandalorian episode of,
0: of
4: Mando's
3: <laughs> big sack of wet
0: eggs. Technically I'm still describing the cold open, but we seem to have moved on. I'll come back to that in a second. But is the is the scene in the not day spa where Frog mm-hmm. Lady goes and has a nice relaxing soak in the hot, natural spring waters, is this and you'll you'll tell me here. Is this the first recorded instance of full nudity in a Star Wars movie?
3: The um, I mean, we don't space cow that Luke Skywalker milks is fully naked. C3PO has a bath in Star Wars. <laughs> Chewie is basically naked all also the time. True.
0: Nah, he's, he's got that little satchel he's in there, belt. Andy. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. actually
2: just a weirdly yeah. positioned
0: loincloth. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not every species keeps its bits in the same <laughs> place.
2: Chewie right. keeps his in a bag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he could deploy them in 45 minutes or less. I'm just I'm just saying we didn't obviously don't see anything there's not racy frog lady nudity but there's the the strong inference that uh, she's naked under that that water. Just saying, just wanted to throw it okay. out there. Anyway, uh cold open. So Mm. Or should I say the hot? No, I've done that bit. Um, so Mando's racing along. He's been ambushed. I'm always up for Mando beating the shit out of people in inventive ways, and I really, really liked the bit where he sends that... I think it's a Jawa. Uh, ...on a jetpack joyride that is less enjoyable than the the game of the same name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I I was... I had a few questions about that scene. So first of all, one of the scavengers looked very similar to the one of the ones on Jakku, who meets up with Ray at one point, and it's Still puzzling to me how certain species get around the whole system, basically, and colonize different planets. But okay,
2: Helen, you've gone full Brexit.
1: <laughs> no, it's a genuine question. Like, why are these species these coming species... to Tatooine
2: and taking all our jobs?
1: No, it's more like a lot of these species don't seem to have massively advanced tech, and yet they seem to just, you know, make themselves they come happy here all from their place. shithole planets. Know. I mean, they go, in fairness, if they're on Jakku and Tatooine, they're on two different shithole planets. It's not like they're coming from one and going to somewhere else. Build a wall.
0: Build a wall. Build a wall.
1: Okay. Um, But yeah. In terms of Star Wars lower, though, my bigger question was when I saw the little guy who'd just gotten humiliated run off to get a big gun, I kind of felt like he was going to be in with a chance. Like, I felt like he was actually going to accomplish something and maybe immobilize. Mando when that was where the you know the, the whole episode was going. Um but no, he just got more humiliated. And and I don't know, that felt a bit jarring for the for the series that made heroes of Ewoks, it just felt a bit odd, that's all. <laughs>
0: that's a good point. But still a fun little action sequence. Oh, yeah. My question is, who is responsible for those guys. Were they hired by someone? Were they being opportunistic? Had they seen the child, for example? Did they know that the child was on Tatooine? Thought there's a big bounty on this child. We're going to get some cash. I thought initially they
3: might have been paid by Boba Fett to get his armour back, perhaps. Yeah, you get the sense he's always got a bit of a target because everyone wants that Best Car Steal. Like, they weren't mm. concerned about Baby Yoda. He had Baby Yoda at knife point. That wasn't what he wanted. That was a bargaining chip.
2: But don't they mention the child? Like, they say yeah. the child, like, even when they can't see it, it seems to be they're after the child. Yeah, mm. they're like,
3: grab the child! Mm. Those shits. <laughs> i really liked the moment where uh where the gun whacked those two guys in the head at the same time that was a very cool little action <laughs> now <beat>. i have <laughs> i
2: i have i want to query you know the glass jaw effect in this particular episode so not only did they get knocked over with a fairly light gun hitting them in the head but at one point when the ship crashes mando gets knocked unconscious despite being encased fully in beskar steel armor and it wasn't that big a crash i'm just saying
1: well maybe it just like rang his head yeah I mean, it's like we've always discussed this vis-a-vis Iron Man. Like, he must have padding inside his armor or he'd be dead like a million times over.
0: Shock absorbers, for sure. Shock absorbers. I mean, they're the best
1: sports bras, so that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Mm, He's got great suspension. Really? Are they? Oh, well, uh, bras. uh, bras. Shock absorber
1: bras, yeah. Mm. Oh,
0: God. Women's things. Change the subject, please. Quickly. Someone. Well, as we all
2: know, George Lucas wouldn't oh, allow shock
0: absorbers in Star Wars, so no one wears them there. True, no, I don't want to. Yeah, you know, there's going to be no shock absorbers in Star Wars. That's what, that's what George Lucas like said.
1: It's funny, isn't it? So he was no underwear in space. Gene Roddenberry was no, was it buttons or zips in space? But you know, either way, they're making it more difficult to get dressed <laughs> in normal fashion.
0: It's harder to get your sexy on, as well, isn't it? In, I mean, it's easy in Star Wars because you're basically people are just walking around wearing dressing gowns. And as we discussed, many people are, are nearly fully nude anyway. But in Star Trek, it's a little trickier.
1: <sighs> anyway.
0: So Mando goes back to Mos <laughs> never mind shock absorbers. Does he have cooling fans in his armor? Because the mm. temperature on Tatooine must be, I'd say, low 20s. <laughs> but he's absolutely cool as ice walking a long time. I thought it was going to maybe be a a reprise or a a tribute to that great Better Call Saul episode from the last season where Jimmy and Mike find themselves in the desert for virtually until you guys know you because you're big fans of the best show on TV, right?
1: Sure. Huge. Okay.
0: Okay. Your loss, losers. But anyway, he goes back to Mose Eisley and uh, we've covered this bit. He has the card game and Dr. Mandible's there and it's a lot of fun. And then we meet Frog Lady, and Frog Lady is played by Misty Rosas, who mm. has uh, been in various characters, I think, already on the show, but uh, does a really good job of mm. of packing a lot of pathos into this character, I thought, given the
3: sheer amount of prosthetics she's wearing.
1: Mm. I think it helps to have giant eyes. It does,
3: doesn't it? It's the baby Yoda effect. Anything with big eyes is adorable. I think my favourite uh, subtitle of the episode, is, as Chris mentioned, she is just called Frog Lady. Uh, There's a moment in the subtitles that it just says, Frog Lady Speaking Frog. And just thought, somebody, somebody just thought, that'll do. That's enough. Did you notice, Ben,
0: also that the the child speaking gibberish is a frequent subtitle? Yes,
3: and also pretty much every time he's on screen, Coos is on there, Yes, because he's always just doing a bit of a... And when he eats those tasty, tasty eggs, burps.
0: <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> monster (laughs) when you've eaten someone's eggs burp but yes frog lady and then okay so then they're flying through space and they have to go sublight because of reasons and then
1: the eggs the eggs won't survive the
0: eggs the eggs will not survive you know anytime in a microwave really so then they meet trapper wolf and lest we forget and i have forgotten captain carson teva in some x-wings Jimbo you must have been delighted to see some X-Wings you love about X-Wings I of was X-wing. excited to
2: see both X-Wings and Dave Filoni back on screen that was uh, that was a lot of fun yeah, I also love the fact that the they've got all of the old... First of all, I love the fact that they, they maintain that 70s aesthetic with both the pilots, you know, 70s porn tashes. You've got the, you know, shonky <laughs> cockpit architecture and even the, the shitty targeting computer sound effects. Like, I love that attention yeah. to detail. I also enjoyed, although we didn't mention earlier, the fact that both the gonk droid and the sort of <laughs> the binocular droid from the Jawa Sandcrawler in Star Wars are both in mm. um uh Motto's kind of little workshop thing uh, and the um, yeah yes, the binocular yes. droid is now a barbecue droid so it's clearly had a firmware upgrade which is nice <laughs> but yes enjoyed seeing the X-Wings like him tangling with the New Republic that's quite fun also it was just kind of a, a little fun exchange <laughs> where he's just like fly casual
0: yes He's he's so patently dodgy <laughs> in that moment, is not he? It's just like, hey, so uh, why don't you send us over a ping? It's like, ah, uh, the software I have for the ping has not yet been. Oh no,
2: it's all on the desktop all over again, isn't it? We're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I loved that bit where the um you, you got the shot of him and I think it's Trapper Wolf's X-wing yeah. is in the background and you see the you see the foils, the foil's raised like, to battle yeah, position. Like, oh shit! <laughs> like, okay, uh, really fun little chase as well on mm-hmm. not half
3: Just before the chase, uh, I've got a question for for everyone, is, is but it, mainly is James. it going to be May the Force be with you? Yeah. yes because we, we were discussing me. um last week about how much do people know about the jedi how do how many mm. people believe in the force how, how much is that a known thing so when he said may the force be with you to try and fend off the x wings that stood out to me as like is that is it, how does he know that phrase cuz he doesn't really know much about the jedi yet does he even... This is kind of an inconsistent point, because bear in mind that while the Jedi
2: were, for all intents and purposes, extinct before, you know, apart from Ben and, and Yoda back in Star Wars time, the Rebellion still used, may the Force be with you. Like, that's a thing that they say. Whether or not they believe in the Force or not is another matter. So I suppose it is conceivable that, like, you know, you know good mm. luck or, you know, God be with you. It's, it's a thing that people say without necessarily yeah.
3: being yeah. down with the Jedis. And and they did use the Catholic version, which is,
4: may yes. the and
2: also with, with you. you.
3: And also <laughs> <Yes>. with you. <laughs> which the the, 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 the like church response, it just automatically kicks in. Yeah.
1: Actually, can I just say that the Catholic Church, given all the problems that it faces in the world these days, decided a few years ago to update the liturgy as the best way of dealing with them. I'm not kidding. So
2: what So instead of, and also with you, they just say, in it.
1: They now say, and with your spirit, or words to that effect. I don't remember. I don't go to church very often. They like and with your spirit, it's the most annoying thing. And obviously, when I went to mass for the first time in ages, probably a funeral or a wedding, and everybody starts saying these new phrases that, frankly, are worse. They were objectively worse. I was a bit lost, and and it became clear immediately to my parents that I would obviously, you know, skip church a lot, which I obviously they know anyway. But it, you know, one doesn't like to be caught out That's like that. That's because of the
0: restraining order, right? You know, the, yes. God Yeah, obviously, yeah, out the, on you. the
1: entire Catholic Church <laughs> has a restraining <laughs> yeah. order on me. But um, but yeah, Catholics no longer say that. That is now old-fashioned Catholicism. Well, so much to
3: tell the New Republic. Did so they put mm. that out at the same time as they uh, announced the Buddy Christ? It was all part of that rebranding. <laughs>
1: I mean, t- you know, do you know what I mean? They've, they've got so many problems to solve, and the one they decide to solve is, let's change the, li- the liturgy.
0: Well, let's not forget, of course, that last week Pelimoto mentioned the Force. Amando didn't go, huh? The mm. what? So I think he knows about the Force. But uh, how Jedi fit into all that and how Yoda fits into all that remains to be seen.
1: I mean, look, we know about, you know, Mormonism or Scientology, but we don't necessarily know the details of either faith.
2: How dare you?
0: Zeno would not approve of such blasphemy. <laughs> you'll never be a level 5 with skepticism like that Helen James and I can yeah, levitate yeah we can the shit out of things
1: wow <laughs> alright I'm going to stack you round a volcano and blow you up at this rate so be careful <laughs>
0: Uh, anywho, um, yeah, good to see, as Jimbo said earlier on, uh, Dave Filoni, who is basically mm-hmm. the kosher runner of this, of this mm-hmm. show and obviously the grand poobah of all things animated Star Wars and a really cool, chill guy. Good to see him back as Trapper Wolf. What a great name. Great name. And, uh, and Carson Teva is new. I was wondering if he might be a legacy Star Wars character or someone who showed up on one of Filoni's shows, but he's not. He's new, according to Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, He's played by the uh, comedian Paul Sun-Hyung Lee.
1: Yeah, he's from Kim's convenience store, I think, isn't he? Where he plays a character called, is it Appa? And Appa from Avatar is also in this. So we've got a double Appa, the voice of Appa from Avatar. In this? mm
0: As whom? Well,
1: now I'm going to have to look it up, haven't I? (laughs) <laughs> While Helen
3: looks that up, um, I realise I, I distracted from... You know, Chris asked about the, uh, the the chase, the X-Wing chase, and I really like yep. that sequence. I think in this recent, just all of the Disney Star Wars era, there have been some really, really great sort of flight chases. Um, and I thought this ranked pretty highly among them, considering it's not cinematic Star Wars. Um, mm. I, I have real, real affection for that. That first Millennium Falcon flight on, on Jakku in, in The Force Awakens and uh lots of stuff in the final act on crate in uh in the last jedi with uh, again the sort of millennium falcon flight and I thought this mm. did a, a pretty good job of of matching those in terms of speed and excitement and squeezing through tiny gaps and little maneuvers to try and hide out the way it was um yes. yeah exciting chase I thought
0: I also like the cut the cutaways to trapper Wolf and Carson Tev where they're basically like what the fuck is this guy doing like <laughs> he's he's not gonna escape us we're in x-wings for God's sake we've got targeting computers and all sorts What's he does what's he doing um, but he does just enough mostly by accident to make <laughs> you think that he's throwing them off the scent before they come back at the end of the episode as Deus x-wing machinus hmm. very good Thank you very much. I thought of that when I saw the episode and I've been dying to say it all day and I was desperately hoping no one would before me, but uh, there we go. So, uh, so I really like that scene. And then of course we have to get into it. They're on the planet. And I was wondering how the hell are they going to get off this planet? What's going to happen? Is there going to be a monster of the week? And lo and behold, there is a monster of the week when they go to the day spa because baby Yoda gets hungry again. And he clearly, cause he's only young. He clearly hasn't seen alien Prometheus or alien Covenant, (laughs) so he eats a (laughs) facehugger. He does, and they all get really, really pissed off. Yeah, the ice spiders. I loved that. Fantastic! What a concept! What a design! What nightmare fuel!
3: Mm. I think it was cool because it felt Star Warsy, but it didn't feel super familiar. I think that it's really nice seeing beasts coming back from. Um, from the earlier films and from established canon. I don't know if this is in the expanded lore anywhere, but these ice spiders, I thought they felt authentic to this world. And at the same time, they felt like something I've not seen before. And I do like that in this show as well, that the blending of the familiar and, and the new and the exciting. And I think having that kind of frantic peril where there's um obviously last week it was one huge crate dragon it was the the enormity of the thing of, of trying to to see it off whereas with this one it was the the intense volume of tiny spiders when they're all closing in around baby yoda mm. on the ship they're all slipping mm. through the gaps and it was yeah it was it was it had a frantic feel to it which um i, I found very exciting
1: yeah i think they're originally a ralph macquarie design that didn't initially get used and has now been recycled from Mandalorian. So, you know, environmentally friendly too, which is lovely. I think that was
2: quite because all the way through when he's initially sort of fighting them off, I was like, use your flamethrower, use your flamethrower, use your flamethrower. And I quite like the moment where he fires it up, just looks at it, and then it cuts away and you just hear the sound of him incinerating them. I thought that was a nice moment.
0: But the I love I love the sense of overwhelming odds mm. and just like, oh God, how genuinely how are they going to get out of this? Um, because there's a there's a lot of this going on. And um and how nasty they were! They were just incessant. They just kept really on coming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not want. No, no. Do not the
3: want. Yes.
1: <laughs> Say no to giant eye spiders. Say no to the causes of giant eye spiders. Right. <laughs>
3: the <laughs> cause being yes. eating baby spiders. <laughs> baby guy's fault a Big one. Uh,
4: yeah. yeah
3: prick. <laughs> Yeah, he really he really had a time of it this episode. Um, the, I, the big spider I thought was very impressive. I thought that added an extra dimension as well when the legs started crashing mm. through the front of the ship as well. And mm. you thought, oh, there was an element of once they got back to the Razorcrest and they could shut themselves away in the cockpit that they were going to be okay. And then it amped up again yeah. uh, with that with that big yeah. boy.
1: And the the work with the music in that bit was really, really good because you start getting this sort of triumphant Mandalorian theme. Oh yeah, the engines are firing. We're getting away. And then boom, just crashed down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did we think of the return of Richard Iowadi as character whose name I had to look up? Uh, Ciro from episode six, the prisoner of, I knew that bit, but I couldn't remember his character name. I really liked that as a, a, a get around mm. for Frog Lady not being able mm. to speak common language huttese or whatever
4: yeah i
3: thought that was smart as a, as a way of yeah getting her to be able to interact more kind of properly with mando and also this this like it adds to this lived in feeling in the world that these things that he encounters in other episodes there are going to be bits just rattling around on the razor crest it felt like a nice way of sort of tying everything in um although for me uh just richard iowadi's voice is so recognizable that i'm i never think Here's this character. I'm like, oh, there's Richard <laughs> and Which is great because I love his voice. And he's a great, he's, he's a lovely guy. And I like him a lot. But it, it takes me out of it a little bit because he's so distinctive.
1: I think it's also a really nice moment because it shows her ability. It shows that she is actively do, trying to do something. You know, she, she is literally a passenger, but she gets sort of a, a bit of agency, I think, in that scene by doing that, mm-hmm. which I think is good. It is, by the way, D. Bradley Baker, who voices Appa in the Avatar cartoons, who also voices Frog Lady for the frog oh, sounds, oh. so well, that's the connection to Avatar.
0: Baker. That's exciting. Mm. Um, also, I think next week because they're still they're continuing on their journey at the Endless episode, so she's still got to be reunited with her husband, and she still presumably has the information about the Mandalorian covert that that she's going to tell Mando. So, I think we may see more of Frog Lady as this show goes on. Mm. And maybe she's this season's queel. Maybe she's the one who's going to end up dying horribly in episode seven Ooh. or eight. Who knows? But um, perhaps we'll even learn her name next week. I'm going to go for Ribbit, but with, <laughs> with, with, with
3: like three T's or something. <laughs> I think the opening five minutes of next week's episode is going to be Mando having to explain to Frogman why there are half of the eggs that they were supposed to be
4: <laughs> and Baby
3: Yoda looking extremely contrite hiding behind Mando's leg that
2: last shot when Baby Yoda pops the last one in his mouth at the end I was like you are a monster you are an absolute little monster <laughs> it's a dark ending
0: yeah, it is a dark ending. <laughs> Just time for a couple of last questions before we wrap this bad boy up. Uh, we've answered a lot of people's questions, or we've tackled them, at least we haven't answered. Only John Favreau and Dave Filoni can answer these questions. Oh, by the way, Peyton Reed, I thought did a really good job. Mm. Agreed. Mm. Really yeah, good really job. fun.
1: Pacey, but um, not rushed.
0: Yeah. And because of the way we're watching these things, because of the way Disney have chosen to present season two, we go into these episodes not knowing who's written or directed them. So it's always a nice surprise at the end when the names pop up. And uh, yeah, very, very good indeed. Uh, right. Cantina's Ghost asks, is the spider in this related to the crystal spider from Krull? And if so, does this mean that Hawk the Slayer is canon in Star Wars? Hang on. Hawk the Slayer isn't in Krull. Oh, you mean... I'm confused. Yeah, I'm That's confused a different by that film. question as well. But
3: <laughs> different film. But either way, every franchise has to have its giant spider moment. And this was Star mm-hmm. Wars. So obviously there were uh, there was the Acromantula in Harry Potter. You've got Shelob in Lord of the Rings. We never <laughs> got to see them, but there are ice spiders mentioned in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that uh, whoever's doing spider PR managed to get through to the Star Wars people and uh, got some spider representation.
1: A lot of big spiders in Stephen King as well. Um mm-hmm. I think that basically yes. Shelob traumatized huh. several generations of sci-fi and fantasy writers and they're working through that, you know, and I for one um wish they wouldn't, but but that's where we are and that's what we're dealing with. So I would say recrawl genuinely. I went back to it a couple of years ago and it's so <laughs> no, bad. I no, cannot no, stress Helen, this enough. No. Stop it. I, you you know what, you're not allowed to say that again until you've watched it again. You're not allowed to tell me I'm wrong on that until you watch it again. How
2: can you say that? You, Helen, you are the
1: beast. Yeah, maybe.
0: (laughs) Whereas I am Ergo the Magnificent. Good lord. Oh my god. Are there giant spiders in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Conceivably, since there are giant ants. Why not? Surely. I mean, there's a spider man, but does that count? Does Thanos, for example, at the end of Endgame, when just before the portals oh by the way yeah hey, here we go helen we should hey, oh, talk
4: about um
0: but th- there's no giant spiders in thanos's army for example which seems a bit of a mistake it's a beginner's beginner's mistake a rookie error on his part i mean if you're a despot a megalomaniacal galaxy destroying despot then you want to have giant spiders in your arsenal don't you
4: mm. i don't want idiot. uh
0: giant spiders anywhere
3: near my arsenal <laughs> also i am still living with the trauma of that time i think it was maybe two years ago that i woke up uh, at about six in the morning having had a really restless couple of hours sleep and i could feel something scratching inside my ear i had to (gasps) to wake up lizzie my fiance and say i think there is something in my ear she had to go warm up some oil in the microwave tip it into my ear and a tiny spider came out I had a spider in my ear. It crawled into my ear in the night.
2: It was a brain (sighs) parasite.
3: There was a little spider in my ear. I could feel it and hear it scratching. And I I don't know if it was comforting or horrifying in that moment that when I was frantically Googling uh, what was going on, apparently it is... More common than you'd think for spiders to crawl That's into people's ears. It's not at <laughs> no. all. It was comforting I mean, in that, that moment that when I thought, okay, this has happened to people before. I will be fine. I don't have to go to the doctor. I'll just heat up some oil. Is, is that what you, you Googled? Like, and it told you what you want to do is heat up
2: some oil and pour it in your ear? That's, uh...
3: mm-hmm. Because it, the, the warmth of the oil kills it. And then um, because it floats on the oil, it floats up out your ear. So I had to have my head oh sort my. of on the side oh. on the pillow. <laughs> I felt it die.
4: Why are you doing? Oh my god. Do, do, help me, help me.
3: I said, "Fuck you."
4: As you were googling,
3: did you hear
0: a voice in your head going, "Don't do that. Do
4: something else."
0: Why are you looking porn like a normal bloke your age? What's
1: going on? Oh my god! I mean, I feel like arachnophobes have already had a tough week with this episode, and, and they probably thought, "Well, at least the Empire Podcast will be a safe space." And and now Ben has He's torpedoed in the prospect that prospect of
2: having ice spiders in your ears. That's just not good.
1: I mean. He's getting more like Baby Yoda all the time. Has anyone got
3: any eggs?
0: <laughs> Feeling a bit peckish. Go down to the all-night garage and just pop some into your mouth. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? So people have asked about do we, you know, Baby Yoda committing genocide? Blah 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 blah. But I think we've kind of answered that one. Um, although here's a variation on it: Stealer Guy. At SteelerGuy underscore three, how many endangered species can Baby Yoda huh. eat and still remain adorable and beloved? <laughs> that sounds like a challenge to me. That sounds like the next yeah. episode of Baby Yoda versus Food.
3: <laughs> I, I am scared of how many. <laughs> <laughs> before I will turn against him I, I'm terrified of the things that I might let him get away with
0: it's the baby Yoda endangered species challenge you have 30 minutes to eat as many endangered species as possible or you lose if you succeed you get your name on the wall and a t-shirt that should be the next episode wasn't
1: wasn't this the final act of pirates in an adventure with scientists? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or Pirate's Band of Misfits, if you're in the US. <laughs> oh,
0: yes. <laughs> That's a good point. So, yes, I don't know. It'll be fun finding out how many endangered species uh, Baby Yoda can eat. I hope sooner or rather than later, he gets round to pandas. So. You monster. They're really tasty. You ever been to Panda Express? Those things taste great. At... Hipster underscore doofus, how bad do you think Mando's armour smells? I mean,
2: it was smeared in crate Dragon guts at the beginning of this episode. Like, even when he's fighting the mm-hmm. ambush, you can see like bits of crate phlegm dripping off his helmet. It's like, seriously, dude, have mm. a bath. Or at least wash your armour.
1: <laughs> well, you can have sand baths, can't you, to try and clean yourself up. So maybe he had one of those when he got back to Mos Eisley somehow, yeah. or like a proper bath. But yeah, I mean, it must be like the cushioning that we don't see. Um, that definitely has to exist or he'd be dead. It must be like the cooling system that we don't see that has to exist or he'd be dead. It, like, it must be there somewhere, I guess. The sort of self-cleaning, depongifying bit. Maybe
3: mm. Maybe Beskar Steel is breathable? Huh. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's
1: like silver and it's antibacterial.
3: Ooh. oh, that's clever. That's Maybe good. he's extraordinarily clean under there.
1: What about his face? Like, if his face never gets any light... Is always covered. I mean, he must have, again, you must have like face packs built into the armor. He'll look like Julian
3: yeah. Assange, not Pedro Pascal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He'd look like one of those things from the Descent that's never seen daylight. Yeah, like, oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why
1: are you trying to give us all nightmares? Ben? If he's Julian
0: Assange, does that mean he works for WikiLeaks?
4: Oh. Uh, oh god and on that note
0: <laughs> honestly that's enough to bring any podcast home never mind never mind this one sadly we do have two really quick last questions from uh, captain darling don't be revolting darling he asked something about are we disappointed that it was another filler episode that it teased the bigger plot but never committed to it is the show gonna be a monster of the week type deal I said to him, you know, I think we, you know, this is what the show is. Hmm. And that's, you know, as I said earlier on, it's Jack Reacher in space. But then he replied to that DM saying that this show, this, this one, this episode, clearly emphasised parenting. And I liked how it showed that in the beginning. And parenting is a theme of the episode. Obviously, Frog Lady is a parent trying to protect her kids. And as is Mando trying to protect the monster that is <laughs> Baby Yoda. And, and as indeed is the ice spider.
1: Exactly. The Crickna. Is also just trying to protect its massive number of young, because yeah, what like- it can't afford to lose one, please.
0: <laughs> oh, it was Kevin. That was my favorite. No, you fucker. And also, how do you know? Like Kevin was in the egg. You know, we hadn't. Kevin hadn't formed personality or anything. Kevin could have been a twat. So you mm. know, maybe it's a good thing that that um, they did that.
1: Yes, unlike the other ice spiders, <laughs> which yes. are <was> so delightful. <laughs>
0: raconteurs, if anything. Uh, <laughs> they spin webs and they spin yarns. But what do we think of the parenting theme that runs through this episode? You know, do do any of us have paternal or maternal instincts? I mean, how do we, you know, have, let's put ourselves
3: in the, man, in the Mando's shoes and the frog lady's shoes. Oh,
0: I mean, oh, you know, I, mean, I it. think any nice of us would
1: theme. die for Baby Yoda, like for sure, 100%. especially Ben.
3: I would. I would be uh, Steve Rogers throwing myself on the grenade. <laughs> I think maybe what it was getting at was um, the, the sort of, we were talking about the complex morality, that the, it's it's difficult. Kids have, like, tiny, tiny kids don't have a sense of morality. You have to guide them. You have to keep an eye on them. Uh, it, you got a sense of the chaos and the... the When you have a kid making sure it's doing the right thing and also everything you need to do to make sure that your little eggs are going to be okay. I don't really know. I'm basically just the parents of this plush and that's about it. But yeah, I thought it was interesting how it did reverberate through the episode in in sort of various different plot strands. Yeah, like from early
0: on you have... Mando saying to the, the Chawa, if you put one mark in him, there's no place you will be able to hide from me. Which Ben has said <laughs> to us in the past mm. when we have criticized Baby Yoda. So- and I will say it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's clearly something going on. There's, a, yeah. there's clearly a lovely thematic theme. And, and, you know, Favreau's a dad and, you know, he's, I'm sure, he, you know, he's bringing that to bear here as well. Uh, I also love the line, I wrote this down from Peli Motto. There is one small skank in the scud pie. Which I might have to start saying on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> the system that they're going to is the in the system of the gas giant call Ibin, which sounds like a tablet you would take to alleviate indigestion after eating one too many frog lady eggs. And they're going to the estuary moon of Trask. Jimbo, are these new planets or are these I have never been
2: to either of those places, so I cannot say definitively I suspect they are new. <laughs>
0: Sorry, hang on. Do you not
2: believe in a place until you've been there? Well, I'm there? just saying the travel ban has limited my, uh, my ability to explore the Outer Rim of late. So, uh, you know, my, my, my intelligence is. All by right. right.
1: Trask. Oh, maybe Trask is a, is a working girl connection. Trask Radio, the takeover that they're organizing, Harrison Ford, Han oh, Solo. Oh my God, it yeah. all ties together.
0: There's a Bolivar Trask in X Men. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's
1: That's the right. Disney
3: Fox crossover. This is
0: This is
1: the beginning, everyone. It's this begins. is it.
3: This is
0: it. Strap yourselves in. And the last question comes from at Rob Matty C. Would you rather they surprised us with Tamara Morrison, as we discussed on last week's show, playing Captain Rex instead of Boba Fett? I know they announced he was playing Boba. But I think it would have been better if he appeared as Rex just as a twist. Well, actually, they didn't announce that he was playing Boba Fett. They haven't announced anything. All these casting rumours came from uh, the likes of Hollywood Reporter and whatnot, doing a little bit of digging around. So nothing official has been announced vis-a-vis Boba Fett. Mm. So, yeah, maybe. As somebody who doesn't really know the Filoni shows, who is
3: Rex?
2: He's a clone trooper. He is a clone trooper. Uh, The most uh, visible of the clone troopers. I and I. This is speaking as someone who did not particularly watch the animated series either, but uh, I know who Captain Rex is, if not a great deal about his story. Indeed, indeed,ly,
0: Beadley
1: As someone who has spent time in the last week with my small nephew and watched quite a bit of Lego Star Wars cartoons on Disney Plus, particularly the <laughs> Droid Tales, <laughs> right. those are the animated series that I'm currently hooked on because they relentlessly <laughs> take the piss out of the prequels. And sometimes the sequels as well, and the original films, but mostly the prequels. Absolutely hilarious. And they're planning a holiday special in the next few weeks, which I think is going to wash away the taste of the original forever. Amazing. (laughs) So (laughs) excited.
0: Yes, I watched the first five minutes of of one of those just before we started this on your recommendation and laughed quite a bit. Lots of very good gags uh, Mm -hmm. aimed at the prequels. Um, So yes, obviously I cried a single tear went down my cheek because those things are sacrosanct, you (laughs) motherfuckers. Uh, Anyway, on that note, that is it for this episode uh, discussing Chapter 10 of The Mandalorian. Join us next week, every Monday, for more Mando-related fun. It's going to be very, very exciting. Chapter 11. Don't know who wrote it. Don't know who directed it. But we do know that Pedro Pascal, Baby Yoda, and a dwindling supply of Frog Lady eggs will be in it. So it's going to be very, very exciting indeed. But until we meet again, until then, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from Baby Yoda's eggs only diet, aka Ben Travis.
3: He's bulking up. He's on that protein hit.
0: <laughs> is this the? Is it, so this is the protein that we talked about last week.
3: Yes, yes, the non-carb. It's the non- the one that's not the carb, but that's not the vegetable.
0: Okay, I'm not sure about that.
3: You'll, you'll, sure about that you'll
0: get your head around it. I will. And my mouth around it, presumably, one day as well. It is goodbye from Trapper Wolf, James Dyer. May the force be with you.
1: And with your spirit. And with you. Thank you, Alan. And with your spirit.
0: And with your force ghost, no. my friend. It is goodbye from Release the Krikna, Helen O'Hara
1: like cracking you know i was trying to think yeah. <laughs>
0: we did that's good, that's that's good.
1: good.
4: Yeah.
0: like crack den oh my oh. god and it's goodbye from me admiral snack bar which is where you're going to find baby yoda most days i would say mm. who knows i'm off to have my eggs fertilized by the equinox clocks are ticking thanks for listening see you next time bye